Hello and welcome back to another edition of the Profit Roadmap. I'm Barry Duplessis alongside Cody Owen as always. We really appreciate you tuning in every week. And we uh, we had a fantastic, uh, fantastic episode last week. And we hope that you had a chance to listen to it. If not, go back and check it out. It's uh, pretty quality stuff and it has to do with sales. And uh, this is a little bit different, this oh, it's topic this week. It has to do with the sale, but it has to do after you've completed it. You know, we've got a special and a fantastic return guest this week. Martha Woodward is back in the house. Of course, uh, CEO and co-founder of Quality Driven. And it's about that particular uh, particular uh, project that we're going to talk to her about today. The question arises, is it, are you scared? Actually, I'll just go ahead and ask the question, Cody. Are you scared to get constructive feedback or any feedback at all from your customers? Yeah. So real quick, just to give a little background on the episode, Martha posted a video on Facebook uh, yesterday as we're uh, recording. So longer from when you hear it uh, about this exact question. Uh, And Martha, if you just want to jump in and give us kind of the background of that video, uh, then we'll just kind of dive into the topic. Sure. Well, as you know, I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software and there are many obstacles to people signing up and sending surveys, but one of them uh, I kind of forgot about because I've been surveying my clients for at least six years is that it's scary. And uh, I had this guy sign up and he has a pretty large maid service business and he sitting side by side with me and he goes, yeah, let's just survey all the last week's clients. I'm like, okay. So we import those. And I actually hit save and send because he told me to. And then he said a few curse words and he's like, basically, oh crap, wait, I don't want to send them. I'm too scared. You know, it was about 400. And uh, I go, okay. So I tried to abort it. But anyway, it was pretty hilarious and it made me think, you know, I'd forgotten about those days. And I do remember now that it is scary. Um, when you're not asking people, you really don't know. And if you're not surveying, you probably think, oh, they'll tell me, you know, they'll tell me. Well, they're really only going to tell you if it's bad enough. And well, bad enough or good enough. So you get the two extremes. What you don't get are those people who are irritated about something that may or may not be a big deal, but they are irritated about it. And um, so, yeah, we had to abort about 40 of those 400 went out and then we sent a day at a time. And and he was pleasantly surprised. He got a few negative complaints, but he got a lot of positive complaints. And that's the other thing is people really don't realize that, yeah, it's scary to get the results back. But not only are you going to get the things that they're irritated about, but you're going to hear from the people who you just now ask them how things are going and they tell you things are going great. So it's not all scary, but until you ask and they answer, you really don't know. Um, but yeah, I, That's true. I, I thought it was 
pretty hilarious. And, um, and it is a real fear. It, I don't know. I it always amazed. Well, Martha, how did you get over that fear? You, you said you, it, it brought you back to the days where you remember that initial uncertainty, that initial apprehension yes. and anxiety. How, how, how did you conquer that? Well, at the time, our quality really wasn't that great. And I suspected it. You know, I, we didn't have the best training program. We didn't have the best people, to be quite honest. And I knew something had to change. So basically, I just bit the bullet and said, I got to know. I've got to know where we stand. It's kind of like, you know, finances or any, I always equate it to stepping on the scale, whatever it is, you've got to know where you're starting. And so that's how I got past it. I just decided that if anything's going to change, then I need a starting point. So I started sending. So it's really like, you you have to know where you are to know that you're improving. Like if you're just kind of making changes willy nilly, you can't figure out where you're at, where you're going, what changes are actually working. So like having collecting this kind of data means that you can uh, uh, like, you know, observe what's actually happening in your business as you make changes, test things and uh, right, you know, find out where your problems are. Right. And, you know, I, like I say, we were getting such a small sampling. And when I say small sampling, if you're only waiting for the people who will call or email you and you haven't asked, you're lucky if you're getting one or 2% to tell you what they think without prompting. Um, And then for me, Yeah. I mean, I just knew something had to change. I had some friends that had started to measure and track themselves. So I I can think of two people that were ahead of me and I saw what they were doing and I thought, okay, because I do like numbers and I thought, okay, this would help me quantify where our problems are. And again, I pretty much knew who my biggest pain in the butt (laughs) employees were, (laughs) but I didn't have cold hard data for it. And so that was appealing as well is I thought, well, you know, whatever it is, it's out there. So even if I'm not asking or, you know, all the listeners aren't asking your client's are thinking this, whether you ask them or not. And Mm -hmm. I know some people are afraid to survey because they feel like it'll pull out the complaints. But my answer to them is, you know, they're not going to just complain to complain. I mean, they are only going to tell you what they're already thinking. And even if it's something small, it may stop them from recommending you to their friends. And it's something that a lot of times can be easily fixed. For instance, have a lawn care client that when he first started surveying, 
and he seemed, if I remember right, this guy has a large number of clients as well. When he first started surveying, he had several of his clients. And I remember one, because I was helping him send these, I remember one that was very angry. I mean, you could tell from the survey response, he was very angry. And what it was about is he was angry because they were putting those um, lawn signs in their yard, you know, like yards by whoever, and they were putting it in the yard, but I guess they hadn't asked permission and they've been doing this for well over a year. And this guy had been a long-term client, but if you could have just read the comment, he was so angry about that. And there were a couple others, but they weren't as angry. So when I talked to this guy, he's like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea. He is, you know, we're going to apologize to him and say that we'll stop doing that right now. You know, that we just were so sorry. We had no idea. So here's this long-term client that probably was thinking of going elsewhere because he was that angry. And all they had to do was stop putting a sign in his yard. So, yeah. you know, it, uh, I think it's good to point out here, like how much effort it is for a client to give you feedback when something's wrong, even something little like that. This guy's been stewing about it for a year. He's probably spent longer thinking about how angry it makes him than if he had just picked up the phone, the phone the first time it happened. Right. But like, it's a lot of effort for them because they don't have you on speed dial. They have to go find your phone number and then they have to give you a call and tell you like, Hey, I don't like what you're doing. Like there's some little, there's some conflict there. Right. Whereas if you're coming to them and you're going like, Hey, we want to provide you the best service possible. Tell us what uh, we could be doing better so that we can do better for you. You're soliciting feedback. You're giving them a super easy way to provide it. And it's an impersonal way to do it exactly. so that, uh, you know, they don't feel like they're being mean to you because you're asking them to help you. Right. Right. And you know, that's the thing when you survey, just make sure that it's super easy for them to give you feedback. So, you know, most surveys out there these days are kind of a one-click rating. And then the ability to add comments and not require it because you want to make it super easy for them. But the ability to add comments and then just submit is super super um, helpful because here's the thing, you know, the reason he never called is it's much more aggressive on his part to instigate that complaint. But if he's answering a survey, he's answering a survey. It's just that his emotions definitely came out when he was answering it because you could feel the daggers through the message and like I say, I know, I have no doubt that this uh, lawn service owner was able to patch that up really easily because it was such a simple problem, you know. But, you know, that's probably one of the fears as well when you survey is that there's no need to survey if you really don't want to hear what you need to fix. And I do think that's what keeps some people from surveying is because people are going to tell you what's wrong. And, you know, 
there's sometimes that it'll come out that, okay, this client is not a good fit for us because we are not going to scrub their 3,000 square foot home on our hands and knees. We're not going to do it, you know, but yet they're like, that's what they're marking us down for. So sometimes it shows you that, okay, this client's not a great fit, but sometimes there are recurring issues. And if you're asking, then you really better be ready to fix them because either you need to stop asking, (laughs) you know, or, (laughs) but I would think that if you're ready to start surveying, it's kind of like I say, you know, if you step on the scale and you're ready to start eating better, then you have to make the changes to get the results. So if you're going to go in there and I can just say from my personal experience, it is so much more enjoyable to be in that environment because it's not fun to go into a workplace where your employees are not doing what they're supposed to. So there's tension between the office and the employees, and you know you have some bottom feeders there that are pulling down other people. And then it's not fun for the people who really care to know that the reputation of the company is maybe not where it should be. So it has made a big change in our culture, just surveying and kind of trying to rise to the top and not be okay with average. And so, you know, and that's where we very much started. We, we started at, uh, so much lower than we are now. And it just, you know, it's tough choices to make. I mean, you know, you see that in the service autopilot group all the time that they're, are people who know they have employee problems, but feel tied because they need employees. But, you know, we get it too. I'm not going to say that we don't get bad employees, but our system weeds them out. And so just as there's owners who are not going to want this information There are new employees that get through the interview process, that get through the training, get out of training, and they don't like our surveys. They don't like getting this stuff back. And so it really helps me get those people to self-exit because, you know, they complain the process isn't fair and whatever, but... I really, I used to have to fire people all the time. I never fire people anymore. And it's not because I'm not there as much, but it's because our system takes care of that. And, and I will say, you've got to be ready. If you're going to survey and you're going to hold people accountable to certain scores and so forth, then you do have to overhire and be ready to weed people out. But honestly, I take it, you know, I take that approach anyway. So the reputation is definitely worth, worth more. 
Exactly. And so Martha, the, the question I have, and you used, you coined a term earlier uh, in the, in the broadcast when you said a good complaint mm-hmm. and you kind of answered this a little bit along the way, but I want to dig a little bit deeper on a good complaint. Yes. No one wants to receive complaints. We've kind of addressed that on why it's necessary to receive the feedback, you've done a great job of that. And you can see why it's so valuable to receive it. it it's painful. It's like ripping off a bandaid. You can kind of equivocate it to that. But how how can a complaint be good ultimately? Like, what are some of the what are some of the ultimate spinoffs that an employer like yourself or like our listeners can take from a quote unquote good complaint? Well, you know, sometimes when like we have a very structured, rigid training program. However, things can be missed, or when an employee is training boy, they get overloaded with information. So maybe our trainer told them that, but it just kind of went in one ear and out the other. So when, you know, I watch these comments come in and so does our office. And sometimes you'll see a trend. Maybe it's with an employee, maybe it's with the company. And occasionally I'll see for instance, an employee that maybe is newer, and I'll see some recurring comments about, in the maid service, not picking up items and vacuuming and mopping underneath. And so then what I do is, you know, I'll send my quality manager out to check and it will trigger us on, okay, we need to be looking at this. And if it's more than just an employer team, then we, you know, we're really digging in on this with everybody. And it's not a punitive thing. It's a coaching opportunity that we're looking right education. Right. And trying, and like I say, maybe they just didn't understand um, exactly why that's important. You know, so we give them the benefit of the doubt the first time or two, and then we start saying, okay, so you're making a choice to not pick this up and get underneath. And now it is a choice. And so, you know, we go down the line with them. Now it's starting to go into probation and things like that. We try to keep everything positive and coaching until we say, you're now making the choice to not work within our system. So, and feedback can be multi-tiered. Am I right, Martha? Like it can be, you know, you painted the example earlier about you are not going to get on your hands and knees and clean the entire house, uh, head to toe. Right. And so it might be expectation for the customer. Like he gives you feedback saying, I want my, I I was under the impression that you were going to be on your hands and knees all day and you can correct that, correct that expectation. Or you can see, where it goes all the way to the top. You know, there's something that right. the, the, the management is missing. Right. And so it's not just the employee, but this feedback is great for everyone, including your clients. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, something like that, we would go and be like, okay, so on all of our estimating and website materials, when we say vacuum and mop floor, you know, we need to make sure that we're being clear that we're mopping with a mop, it's on hands and knees, you know, so there was an educational piece lacking with this person. We did not do our job 
to let them know what we would and would not do. And so when we get something like that, where we're not going to be able to meet this person's expectation, then now it's an educational opportunity and we'll pick up the phone, we'll talk to them and try to see if, you know, we can come to terms on this is what we are going to do. For instance, for us, we may have to mop several times. If the floor is very dirty, we might have to mop it more than once, but we are going to work to get it clean. Um, believe me, in the maid service business, you actually do what's called a a paper towel test, a white paper towel to see if it's dirty because our clients will do that to us. And um, it, you know, like I say, if it's somebody that's like, now that's not good enough, you you know, I want and I expect mop and bucket and on hands and knees. And well, then we're like, oh, I'm so sorry, Mrs. Jones. We, because of our workers comp, we just can't do that. Let me give you some names to such and such. And there you go. But, uh, but I would much rather do that than her blasting us to all of her friends and family about that. We do a shoddy job when we're doing what we're supposed to. We just haven't communicated it well enough. Yeah. And soliciting feedback quickly and often means that you hear about missed expectations really, really quickly rather than that customer stewing. And then maybe the first time you hear about it, it's their one star Google review. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I mean, when they know they're going to have a chance to tell us about it, like my, our clients know we're going to survey them after every visit. So they don't have a need to go and blast us on social media because we're going to ask them and they're going to tell us. And so I was going to ask, have you, have you seen a, uh, an impact on like, has surveying had an impact on your, uh, various online reviews? It has now, you know, I'm in Oklahoma, so it's not as Yelp or even Google happy as say, Houston or Chicago, some of the bigger areas. Um, people don't run to social media. Our bad reviews actually came from two people who live completely out of state. And like one couldn't book with us. It was the week of Thanksgiving. So they blasted us. And, you know, so <laughs> yeah, it, it, I'm irresponsible. Oh, I know. It's crazy. Um, but so, yes, I mean, It's a little bit harder to judge because we've never had a big Yelp presence or anything before, but, um, but I do know that we get a lot of feedback. We get, we run 75 to 80% response rate on our surveys, but it's taken a while to get it. And and we have our clients buy into our system. Mm-hmm. So it, and when I say buy into our system, we have taught them what the advantage is to them. And so, for instance, when, you know, working with people, a lot of times they're afraid to survey, they're afraid to bother their clients, whatever. And, 
they'll say, well, I just want to survey like every quarter. And, you know, I'm like, well, okay. And in our system, you can set up limits where even if people are on the list and you send the survey, it's not going to go out if the limit is quarterly. It's going to hold it until it's been 90 days. But, but. I don't really recommend that. And the reason I don't is because there's, it's hard to know, you know, if you're going every other week and you're asking them once every three months um, or in lawn care, you know, weekly or more then when they give you a high score or a low score, it's hard to know. I mean, it's an overall. Well, it's probably only based on the the last service. Right. If you're surveying, and it's like their most recent feelings about how they feel right now, and so the problem with that is that works if you only care about kind of customer satisfaction level overall. You really don't care about employee tracking because there's no way to do a survey every three months when your service is every week or every other week and then think that you're going to identify who you need to give less jobs to and who you need to give more because that's one thing that we do in our company is if somebody has low scores then we, you know, we're going to let them know until you can pull those scores up, we're not going to be giving you more houses. So it's a way to incentivize them to get their act together as well. Well, Martha, thanks so much for coming on the show again. It's always great to get to chat with you. Uh, Yeah. Thank you, Martha, so much. We really, again, we really appreciate it. Uh, and it's, a, I mean, just an excellent topic. And it's a, it's a way to really, really get feedback from your customers is to survey. And if you're doing it more frequently, it's going to be like Cody suggested, it's going to be not just based on the last visit, but it's going to be based on the overall experience. And it, ultimately, you're going to get the best out of your employees because you're going to be able to educate them a lot better. So we've got a link in the show notes where you can go check out Quality Driven and see if they are right for your business. Uh, but that's definitely a solid option for, for highly recommend. Yeah. Just saying. Thanks. Guys. And Martha, again, thank you so much. We uh, we look forward to uh, seeing you soon, hopefully, and uh, talking to you again possibly sooner. Okay. Uh, it's always a, it's always a benefit and a great. A great time when you come on board to the profit roadmap. So uh, we hope uh, everyone out there listening uh, enjoyed it. And uh, Cody, as always, he's Cody Owen. I'm Bear Duplissy and she is Martha Woodward. We'll see you next time. Thanks. The music in this episode of the profit roadmap was Rip Tide and Summon the Rock by Kevin McLeod of Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons by Attribution 3.0 license. If you want to check out Kevin's music, it's some good stuff. Incompetech.com.